Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you for the opportunity to present on the pillars of research and education. I'd like to first talk about why we do research, one of our pillars of our mission. And with the volume we have and the patients we see and the resources that accompany all of this, it is our duty to report on appropriateness, outcomes, results, new techniques, innovation, because that allows us to be a leader and not just for our colleagues and other institutions, but also for our patients. We do support industry-sponsored trials. We are largely attractive to these companies because we do have a large volume. So we're part of the ARCH branch trials, the Thoracal um, branch of devices for Gore, as well as the Thoracal abdominal devices, as well as multiple aortic studies. But in addition to just the aortic and, and the thoracic and the abdominal aorta, we also are part of many other trials, including end-stage renal disease, carotid trials, peripheral vascular trials. But that's not where our research just ends. We are also leadership of these trials. So Dr. Leiden, Dr. Kirksey, myself, we've all been fortunate to be national PIs of multiple trials with Dr. Leiden clearly uh, leading the forefront of that, where we are recognized for not only the volume of patients we have, but the quality of research we do here as well. Dr. Bishop is also a huge part of this by running our vascular core lab. He is actively 28 clinical tractors active from 10 sponsors. And this may not mean a lot, but it's a lot of work for him because he evaluates the primary endpoints from various clinical trials, domestic and international trials. He does multiple modalities, including CAT scan, MRI, angio, x-ray, and ultrasound. And he's also part of the neurovascular core lab. In addition, his side hustles also make an anatomic muscle um, models and ultrasound phantom research projects, which was a large part of his PhD. The device trial spans the entire breadth of device types, including EVAR for penetrated branch and chimney devices, type A and type B dissections, stenting and bypass for PAD, embolic protection, as well as neurovascular aneurysm innovation. He has maintained volume, and if anything, his volume maintains steady. In addition, this also brings in new research contracts. When I look out to you guys, I see family, the entire group. And part of our families are what I like to consider our backbone, and that's our trainees. And I am proud to be leading the, the trainees of the largest vascular program in the country, both residency and fellowship. I couldn't do it without our program coordinators. In addition, I have the uh, privilege of working with Dr. Grimm, who's our associate program for the fellowship. So he has been in instrumental with that. And here's the family. We have a large group. And the one thing I'm most proud of is seeing the residents and the fellows integrate with each other and literally taking care of each other. So I'm very proud of that. And Dr. Khaled Alan-Nahal, very proud of him. He did a research here with Dr. Kirksey as a research fellow. And I'm not quite sure how many presentations or publications he had, but it seems to be he's going to have a CV that of an associate professor by the time he leaves here. Incoming residents, we are proud to welcome Dr. Cordelli, Dr. Perry, and Dr. Pickney for our integrated zero plus five class. And starting in our incoming fellows will be Dr. Gibbons from the University of South Carolina and Dr. Jones from West Virginia University. Our five-year vascular board pass rate is 100% for both the qualifying and the certifying exam. That's the written and the oral exam. So I'm very proud of the statistic. That means our curriculum is working. So whatever we're doing, we're going to keep on doing it. When I first started here, the average publication among the trainees was one over the entire residency. So we, we averaged about five publications for the entire um, program. 
while we did not have a mandatory research project at that point, we have instituted a curriculum that allows to have a mandatory annual research project for the residents. In addition, one of the things that we have learned over time is that leadership is often thought of that it was a born thing. It's not. It's a learned thing. It's a taught thing. And I think by having resident leadership roles with the ombudsman, the quality officers, and the research officers, it gives the trainees the opportunity to actually have a function of leadership and to really learn the process of leading. In that, we've also given the tools in the crib of a research curriculum. We meet monthly research meetings led by our resident research officer, Dr. Taff, who's done a phenomenal job. This has kind of paid off. In 2018 and 19, this number was 15, 16. Now in 20, we had 43. 2021, we had a superior of a of 77 publications. And 2022, we had 71, largely limited a little bit by the IRB that was backlogged. And I think 70 is a great number. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.